and we're in. There we go. Another installment. Uh, your clothing line dropped, bro. That's huge. Oh my gosh. Have we not had an update since the drop? No. No, maybe we haven't. You, it seems the Shopify worked. I got my package. <laughs> it would appear then that it worked. Wait, yeah. wait, wait. You're right. There's so much to unpack here, uh, literally and metaphorically. Um, first of all, how was the package? It went through. So you, you graciously enough paid full price for of course, a, bro. a hoodie on a thing. That's so supportive. First Thank drop, you. bro. Of course. First drop. Is big, my own family it. didn't get anything. Um, <laughs> but all of my partner tanner his whole family did and a couple of harrison who's also our partner's uh family did too but so anyway you ordered a hoodie it's so nice of you um it, it came like the day after yeah How- got a nice little handwritten message yeah some stickers yeah, yes the whole thing what were you impressed with the the note card dude the whole thing everything about the package it was very uh impressive that's big because you did say in the last podcast that you were curious to see how the presentation yeah so that was all you you wrote the note you packaged it all you figured out shipping i put my fucking heart and soul into that the crazy thing is i ordered and then it arrived like two days later crazy yeah for one Namely, the thing that's crazy about it to me is that I sent it the day before. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone that ordered, you probably ordered, like, on the later side of, uh, it, it had been, like, five days since we dropped. We dropped on, like, we launched and did our first drop of clothing on, like, July 12th. And I waited, like, five days to ship everything out because, A, I was super busy with the new nannying gig. Yeah. I mean, not super, super busy, but... Um, I have my mornings off, but also just like figuring out how to ship things was not easy. Not one YouTube video I watched or Shopify description thing really told me how to do things cost effectively. I'm surprised because I've seen Shopify stuff like all over YouTube. That's like the main thing, right? Yeah, I see it everywhere as well. Each thing is like 30 minute videos and they suck. Absolutely, it's it's a horrible rabbit hole. You have to listen to them for five minutes describing, like, "Hey, this is my profile. I, uh, you know, you know, love to do things for Shopify, and they're really fun, but also like simple. So if you like love that type of thing, then come to my come to my channel, and then now this we're gonna do. And it's just like we'll have one podcast just dedicated to unpacking Shopify, just shipping Shopify. Well, if if we were to do that, then we would have this guy on that helped me because finally how I was able to do it was my buddy, Ryan, who I thought would be good with this type of stuff. He was, he's like, he's like, yeah, my, he, he's like, Duke, I'll help you out. My, my, my buddy ships out eBay stuff and we'll get him on the phone. I was like, no, nah, I'll believe it when I see it. He got him on the phone. The guy was the nicest guy ever. And the first thing he said was like, where are you going to get your boxes from? which was something that none of the videos or anything that I saw addressed. Right. And he, so he simplified it so much, just like anything else. Anytime I meet with someone who actually has experience in any of the fields that I want to go into, it just solves everything. Connections are everything. Um, and consultants. And um, so that was a godsend. Um, Dude, I was thinking about this when I got the sweatshirt, I was thinking, from your perspective, 
seeing yeah. people walk around with your product on. It's like writing something and seeing it on TV. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's the same feeling that I get, I think, when I see like review videos of my films. That's I see people like watching the films. You know, it's like yeah. there's something about, but even more, man, like something about someone wearing your product is like what a cool thing. It, Let's watch you know, it we're, spread. We're very fortunate. I mean, yeah, we we talk on this podcast a lot about like obviously our our kind of our ways of getting what we want out of our careers and sort of our if you could call it process process. Um, and there was a lot of times this last week, as you can probably imagine, that I had to like stop myself, pinch myself, and tell like this is a big moment in your life. Like this is a big first, this is a big yeah. win and this will go away quickly. The feeling you'll be on to the next thing and, and be getting caught up in the next thing really quickly. So remind yourself how important this is. Um, a, the day that we launched, I mean, it started off so simple. Like the night before we didn't even know if we were going to be able to launch the next day, our buddy was helping us with a website. Our buddy as in a guy I, hi- I hired on Fiverr named Raj in Pakistan, as I told right. you. Um, right. 20 bucks. And I literally had to like point him in the direction of other websites that we wanted to bro. 20 on. bucks for that website. It was 30. It was 30. Yeah. Ah, uh, 30, 30. Yeah. 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 That makes... maybe would have been worth it, but yes, yes. 30. Wow. Over the edge there. Um, no, I totally agree. It's the Fiverr is unreal. It's a beautiful thing. Bro, uh, we got our, our podcast artwork. It, yeah. Artwork for what? Five bucks. <laughs> it's astounding. <laughs> It's astounding. It's it's my most proud piece of artwork. I <laughs> ever um, it's so brilliant. Can't advertise Fiverr enough. I'm about to use it again too, by the way. But uh, we we used we came up with this this logo of Fiverr. Basically, Tanner found like the font, and then we sent it to someone and said, "Can you like insert graphic design value and tell you with that?" Um, and it worked out. So sorry to go on forever about this, but this is like, you know, this is like a huge thing. It's huge, bro. Um, and uh, so when we officially launched, you know, it was, it was really like anything else. It was spur to the moment, you know, Harrison, who, because he's kind of like the business side of it, uh, he, he, I feel like he's obligated to just be kind of like the negative uh, cloud of rain over the party every single time. And say like, well, are you on this or are you on this? And he's like, we won't even be able to launch tomorrow. We won't even be able to launch. And I'm like, dude, we've been teasing it out the last two days. We have the website ready. We have all the stuff, like the products ready. We're, we're, we're going to work out some kinks once it pops off, but we're ready to put it out tomorrow. And we did. We launched and I, I crafted this Instagram post. Had trouble sleeping the whole night. You know, I was so excited. Um, with and it's so funny. I'm glad that I can like articulate all this right now and remember exactly how I felt because this is such a relatable creative experience. I remember feeling like this could be nothing and get no attention and not be a big thing. Or this could be a big thing. And at the very least, I feel like I'm a lot is kind of not at stake, but like a lot is like exciting about this to me yet. I was so close to it that I also, because I'd seen these photos forever. I'd seen these products forever. Everything was waiting. I felt like I was at a point where it was like, this, this is going to feel much different once it's received. But right now it just felt normalized to me. 
it was lost to me a little bit. Mm-hmm. So then wake up at 5 a.m., start working around some Insta posts, post something, then delete it. And I'm like, oh, that's not as good as I want. Luckily, it was only 5 a.m. in the morning. So no one saw me like posting and deleting it. Then it gets to like whatever, 7.30 or something, and I post the official post. Um, my buddy Tanner posts the shit out of it. You know, he's one of what I like to call a blue check marker on Instagram. Wow. And one of the coveted blue check markers. And uh, and he's very plugged in into like, you know, the the Hollywood scene. And so, you know, fortunately, his friends that were also blue check markers were all super supportive of it. It popped it off. It was like a snowball effect, went huge. Um, and then after that, I mean, you know, all of them popping it off, like 25 different big people that didn't really translate, I would say, to people buying it. We had 21 sales so far on the website and that's all i mean a lot of family and friends um but basically where we're at now is our phase one is checked off the website was up the website didn't break uh i figured out how to ship everything out fine um we were really proud of the products we're really proud of the package and presenting you know i figured out how to get that manized drive-in note card that i haven't even posted yet on our instagram because i i'm waiting for someone that like receives it to post the note card and the package mm-hmm. and everything you know which <laughs> no pressure but if you want to do Come it on, i still got I it stop you i won't stop you of course um and you know those stickers turn out great um and uh so now we're kind of looking at it as like hey we wouldn't say that we have like huge buzz or heat on us but we have it where we want to have it and people are noticed people noticed and um, we think we just have a lot of potential. So we're going to do a second launch. We're going to do a commercial like ASAP. Um, we're going to do, we already have ideas for like the clothing that we're going to do for the second launch. We're probably going to put in the like order for it at the end of the week. We're going to do shirts and shorts, PE cool. shorts for this next one. Vintage, um, what's it called? Uh, not depreciated, but uh, like, not damaged. It starts with a D though. Uh, but like these vintage kind of mineral wash Distress. distressed. Thank you. Uh distressed shirts are like we're gonna do these different logos and we're gonna do PE shorts of this thing. And um it's gonna be, you know, now we just we gotta so double Kanye down every time. When Kanye West launched his clothing company or sneaker brand, whatever. Yeah, it was right after he had like this massively successful rapping career, and he was with his main business partner for this clothing company in this room, and it was like at a convention center, and only five people showed up, and they were all there just to take a picture with Kanye, and no one gave a shit about his company because no one believed that he could do it, and Kanye turned to his business partner and said, remember this moment because we're going to look back on this and just laugh because, and bro, you look at how that shit has taken off ever since then, just because he stayed on the path and he stayed committed. It's like, I'm stoked about where this brand is going to head and where you're going to go. I appreciate it, man. Um, It was also a testament on that note to say that like, we're really excited about this now. Two days after that, three days after that, whatever, it fizzles. The the excitement fizzles. Like, and actually, so much stuff that think, it's like 
Yeah. Like there's so much stuff that like when that was happening, that was a huge win for me. When it was popping off, all these people were promoting it. People that own big clothing companies were like saying to Tanner's thing, they were like saying like, great job, buddy. This is epic. And putting that out there. Like that's so uh, like incredible to get that type of appreciation. And yet immediately after that, you forget and you have 25 other things that come on. And it reminded me of in a small way, well, A, I had to stop myself and say on my own scoreboard, that was a big win for me. Totally. I, don't, I don't care if it sounds uh, lame or like uh, small-minded or whatever. I like to I like to be vocal about, hey, that was a big deal for me. Yeah, of course. Like, of you know, course. you got to take your wins. That's that's something I think for, that's you, bro. for yourself. Um, Dude, the way that the YouTube ranking system works for my shorts is it goes from like one to 10 in terms of, like view count and retention and so you're always comparing it really fucks with your head because you're always comparing at like every single minute where it ranks within the last 10 videos and there are times where a video spikes really fast and it's at number one for like the first couple days and it's just racking up views and i'm super stoked about it i'm loving it there are a lot of people watching it they're like commenting how much they love it and it's really important to clock that because then after two days, it just becomes stagnant. And then you see it at like number six on day three. Yeah. You know, you can't let that sum up the whole experience. It's like, it Isn't wasn't so interesting. Yeah. Same thing with actors that I want to get more into that too, by the way, but there's like huge movie stars that I've been watching a TV show. With my dad, like a little sitcom. My dad's like, that person used to be a huge movie star. And now they're just this little character on this freaking sitcom. Yeah. It's so, there's something sad about it. And I'm sure you didn't even know who that person was, right? No, not until yeah. you, you pointed out. I'm thinking of one person in particular that they were on uh, the Mary Tyler Moore show. They were the next door neighbor and they were incredible. And I think they had like a big career after that. And then they ended up on like, uh you know, it might have been like the Whitney Cummings show or something six years ago. Uh, just like little. And but my point is, does that define her career or not? And we have to go at our own scoreboard because if we don't, then, you know, society, that could be the downfall of that. Yeah. Um, and in, in this experience in itself. Uh, I know, too, that it's just I, I'm also glad that I have this knowledge now experience to know that I'm not just a product of immediately how my partners are treating me on the business partners or like how people are reacting to it. You have to know inside, like where you're at based on where you've come from and where you want to go. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to explain that to people all the time. You don't have to prove yourself. It's just a matter of um, navigating the highs and lows of life. Oh, Dude, when I first met you, like what, like four years ago or something, sure. uh, you brought up Valley mentality like the first conversation. <laughs> so you've been talking about this shit for four years, dude. And probably yeah. before too, if that, if you were coming in hot with that, like four years ago, it was probably in your mind even right. earlier. Right. So the fact that it's finally come out and it's finally dropped is fucking huge. I appreciate you bringing that up. Um, well, Hey dude, I mean, we have, 20 people out there, 20 different orders that got them that I'm hoping are going to start posting. And, stuff. and a lot of those blue check markers, the famous people that got it, I think we're just going to gift it 
to them like they didn't really end up buying we're just gonna have to like throw it together for them it'll um, be interesting to see instead of them just kind of like posting it out yeah actually mm-hmm. like wearing the product could yeah. make a difference i think that'll happen once we gift it to them for starters but so we got a little bit of that hollywood stuff and now our next plan as well in addition to all the media stuff online is we want to do this um this like dive bar party meet and greet once a month we already met with the owner of a bar in the valley an epic place i don't quite want to blast now although it doesn't matter it's called the pineapple hill saloon and um it's just like in van nuys sherman oaks and the the restaurant owner the bar owner when i when we told her my dad and i that like we did we're doing valley mentality we want to have like a night for the valley and kind of like rent out the place for like two hours she was like on the verge of tears like like, oh my gosh, finally someone is celebrating the Valley. Like, I love this. I'm going to preserve the heart of it and everything. You guys are going to have a night where you just like celebrate. It's amazing. Like, she was so excited. Yeah. So we're going to do that. And it's going to be a freaking spectacle. It's going to be a combination of old, burnt out Valley people and like young, fun, hilarious people. And we're going to take photos of the whole thing and video. And we're going to have like Valley trivia and crap. Dude, it's sick. I love it. You'll be there. You know, bro, my girlfriend grew up in the valley like on that line between sherman oaks and van nuys where so, like, high school uh she went to harvard oh, west lake did she yeah was she friends with sophia and then in high school yeah seems so right that's how i know sophia and then that's how we met how has that not really come up strange yeah is she what in the film, she film stuff yeah, yeah yeah she worked at an agency agency yeah, yeah. where'd you go to school Malibu High, baby. All right. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I don't I don't know if there's too many of us that are that are above water. <laughs> so, but um, um but anyway, bro, it, it's really exciting. I'm stoked for you. I'm excited to see how this continues to accelerate. And I really appreciate it, man. Yeah, just keep keep cranking them out. How do you like the hoodie so far, too? I love it, bro. I love it. It's great to hear, dude. It's a little hot, but I, I pumped the AC. <laughs> Just so you can wear Running it. around in my valley mentality. It's about the heat, bro. You got to bring the heat. The valley. <laughs> People walking by. Yeah. Um, I know. That's what? <laughs> I know. It's not even the season for hoodies, but hey. <laughs> I'm all ready for the winter, bro. That's all that matters. Right? Yes. Yes. Getting ready early. Um. What's the latest with the shorts? You just launched that new one. Now back to you. Now back to you. You, 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 you. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, dude, we dropped this one called The Waiting Room, which I've had on deck for like months. And oh, it's really? the one that I'm most proud of that I've made just because it looks wow. the most professional and and I feel like cinematic. it's a unique vision. Yeah, it's very cinematic. So I was really stoked about that. And we've gotten a good response. It's at number one out of the 10 latest, which is always a good thing. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Things are good. Right now, I've been in writing mode a lot for the Fisherman feature. I'm at page Love 102. And wow. I've got, yeah, it's definitely longer than anything I've written. Um, we'll probably end up being like 115, maybe. So I'm close. But uh, I'm excited to be done with that. Writing is not my favorite thing, but like, like you said, bro, it all comes back to the writing. So 
It really does. I just, as a side note, heard the Bee Gees, you know, the band, the Bee Gees. Yeah. They had this documentary on HBO. I feel like I've brought it up. Maybe if I haven't, it's crazy because it's literally like my favorite piece of cinema at the moment. Documentary on HBO about the Bee Gees, the disco kings, their lives. And they reinvented themselves so many times and they have so, so many iconic sounds. They're so talented. They said in the end, the one brother who is the only one left out of the three, sadly, but they're old. They would I'm have surprised been. one of them is still alive. Yeah, exactly. I don't even know. They've been around like, you know, they're big in the 70s and earlier. Um, he goes, they're British. I'm going to the impression right now. Though. But uh, <laughs> well, well, we're just trying to make a little music now. Ha ha And, you know, just making people happy. Uh, you had that it, one ready. Yeah, yeah, always. It's like more of a Jimmy Fallon originating one. <laughs> yeah. um, but anyway, the line that he said that's relevant to what you were just talking about is, he goes, me and my brother, you know, um, me and my brothers, we were always sort of wondering like what we wanted to be known for. And it turns out in the end, it was the writing, mm. the writing They're The second people I've heard to say that, that were like legendary performers. Yeah. The, the others were the Monty Pythons as well. John Cleese and Eric Idle, who I, I listened to Eric Idle's audiobook. They're mm-hmm. incredible actors, the best, mm-hmm. but he in the end when they talk about their body of works they talk about what bits did they come up with mm-hmm. rather than you know because anyone can perform it not totally. anyone but totally, it bro. makes sense right yeah yeah 100 percent. and i can even put my spin directing wise on something that someone else wrote but it's like dude there there is no better feeling than having an idea putting it on paper seeing it on the screen and having other people watch that, that just started in your mind. That's like, that's like a purely human. And it's kind of a thankless task too, but it is, which is so weird because I feel like they like writers should be given all the recognition. It's so disgusting to me now that I think about it. Everyone goes back to like, Oh, the acting like, Oh, Oh my gosh. Well, you know, uh, (laughs) Al Pacino was just, you know, unhinged there, you know, he really is Tony Montana just did all Dude, this. the best part about this is that like, you are an actor and like, that's what you're pursuing and you're just roasting the shit out of actors. <laughs> and like, bro, I say the same about directing, man. And like, I have so much more respect too for writer directors, because if you're doing everything, bro, you're the pure, like creative genius behind the whole thing. It's you because know? we're closer to it that we're able to recognize how full of shit everyone is by not being close to it. You know, they, and it's an easy trap. Like you see the actors on screen that are, that are putting the story together, but it didn't originate with them. They're literally just doing something that someone else told them to do. Totally bro. And also it gives me so much more power on set. The fact that everything happening on set came from my mind. And so if someone comes up to me and has like some bullshit, take on it that like isn't anything to do with what I was originally going for I can specifically call that out and be like no like this is what I meant when I wrote this exactly I think the best actors too now that you mention it Michael Douglas one is a random one but they started in television usually and they started working very closely with writers that were writing for the actors after a certain point too you know the actors now are like synonymous with the character and they start thinking like oh well how will Michael Douglas or in England, obviously they have a lot of these period dramas and stuff where they're just like, other than Game of Thrones, like offshoots of Game of Thrones and stuff. 
and they start thinking like, well, how would this person, you know, come across as this character or whatever they start writing. And then you work really closely to the writer. And I think that gets you to a place where as an actor, you're just like, it's like a second skin. Totally. Dude. Did you see us? Yes, I did. Yeah. I have after going to this experience of writing the fisherman, because I feel like it's very similar in the way of like world building, because up to this point, I've written like eight scripts and every single one of those has been like the typical, like just really fucked up situation, but it, it's like a weird character, but it takes place like in everyday life. This is the first time that I'm bringing people into the fisherman's world and how it's constructed like differently and it has different rules from like everyday life and stuff. Sci-fi, sci-fi more sci-fi. I, I wouldn't call it sci-fi. I mean, it's it's very, I mean, it's very horror, but more so in the sense of like, like the way that us worked where it's like they go into this underground world that like isn't reality. You know what I'm talking about? Where it's yeah, like the yeah. classroom and everything and something's off. Um, a lot of people had a lot of like logic issues with us, but I have so much more respect for it because he created a whole new world. And yes, they're like a hundred percent of the right logic isn't going to be there. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, it's like, it's genius what he was able to create and i'm really i'm most excited about this one because it's this universe that um i feel like only i was able to come up with that is interesting yeah 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 that's that's a different muscle maybe than just doing like a character driven yeah aspect house like scary house fucked up character it's a very different thing yeah, how does your fisherman world, I mean, not to go too much into it, but how does that play out? Well, essentially, it's, uh, I mean, I would compare it to, do you ever see Coraline? Yes, I liked it. Yeah, how there's like the other yeah, uh, house or whatever that looks like it, but something's kind of off. It's like when someone- and That died. didn't originate with Coraline too. I Like they definitely took that from like an- age that's an age-old tale uh, parallel universe like uh yeah, parallel universe bizarro bizarro world totally totally seinfeld did an episode like that <laughs> yeah i gotta check that out that's funny <laughs> but uh but yeah dude it's exactly that and so you know they might be in the same childhood room that they were at like as a child but it's completely different you know like there's something about it that's different um so essentially when they die and they're brought into the fisherman's world, it's like they're the main character, not again, not to go too into it, but she's this young girl whose parents killed themselves because of the fisherman in her childhood house. And so when she then dies, when she kills herself, she also comes back to this childhood house, but it's like completely walled in. And so she can't leave it. And the fisherman is like kind of manipulating the whole thing. It's really, really, bro. It's like the darkest thing I've ever written, but it's, uh, but I think it's very cinematic. And so I'm really excited about it. It's going to be cool. Wow. I'm, I'm hooked. Yeah. I'm already intrigued. Um, I also can't make this one for like 10 grand. So this will actually like be a budgeted, like it needs a real budget. That could be more fun, fun for you. Yeah, maybe I'll play the fisherman. <laughs> Do a couple eyebrows. Against type, yeah, bro. 
ever since our last role, you've been into these uh, dark. Oh, there you yeah. go. Abusive. Yes, yes. A lot of domestic battery. Um, with that said, dude, I saw on a slightly random note too on that similar, but some music video recently. Speaking of like cinematic, and it's called. I'll tell you what it's called. It was so, so beautifully shot, and so like resonant culturally and stuff you got to look at the comments on youtube but i highly recommend watching it um it is called, you you should check it out because i was also i thought about you i was thinking like dude jacob should as an engineer filmmaker like you gotta i want to make films like this um but it's called that's cool man because I really do. I, I've never been interested in like making music videos because a lot of them are kind of like, you know, cut from the same cloth. But there are some that are really cinematic. Oh, no. Totally. I mean, this one is called Territory by The Blaze. And it's uh, it's about this like guy in Algiers, Africa. And it was directed by a huge director and stuff. Uh, and he comes home to he's been like a kind of like middle eastern person you know from a impoverished community that like leaves to and maybe he's a refugee and he goes elsewhere and then he comes home like after 10 years 15 years for the first time and seeing how he like he just feels awake again seeing his original community and it's just beautifully shot and stuff yeah man this looks good i'll check it out There, there we go i appreciate that you pulled it up quickly of course, of course. And the music is like pretty pretty vibey. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Classic. There's uh there's one, it's probably not as cinematic, but uh Post Malone had this one called uh uh <laughs> oh, it's down for up post. I'm trying to think of the name, but basically um the way it's shot, it's all a one-er on like a steady cam, and he's in a bed, he's in his bedroom. And then on the outskirts, like you get these flashes of light with like a couple dancers. And it's like the way it's shot and the way that all the pieces come together. I'm like, that would have been really dope to direct. I don't doubt it. Dude. Some of these songs have incredible stories too. Yeah. So it's like, you know. bro, I've just had like bad experiences on music videos. It's like I've the the talent that I've worked with has just been like annoying the worst attitudes. Like, worse than any actor I've ever collabed with. Because they're trying to be, like, divas and stuff. Yeah, dude. And these are, like, like I'm working. I was working on the music video, like, when I was first starting three years ago. So they weren't anywhere near enough to, like, warn the yeah. egos, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, but I've I- heard that's kind of the case, even with, like, high-level artists. You know, sometimes the egos are crazy. Yeah, they seem like that's almost more prone to that on music videos too like i I mean i could just see like rock stars dude you know actors aren't necessarily all rock stars i feel like in acting now there's a bit of a thing a culture that like you have to be super professional or else Mm -hmm. fortunately but in music not necessarily dude you gotta tell me about uh those projects that we were talking about at the start of this podcast you had the the timothy Who's the who's the president? What's his name? Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> that yeah. project. I want an update on that. I want an update on uh, uh, the one with your British friend. 
Oh, thanks, man. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Tell me where those are at. Are they are they shelved at the moment or what? Teddy Roosevelt one is shelved. I want to do it, but and it's public domain. But um, dude, the public domain thing is huge. Not to interrupt, yeah. but have you seen the trailer for uh, Winnie the Pooh, the horror movie? Not at all. I'm intrigued. It came, bro. It's like gonna be a very low grade horror, like basically just uh Blumhouse Winnie the Pooh. Even bro, like there's no yeah. budget on this thing. It's like a couple of amateur filmmakers who just got together and they're like, let's make this thing. But Winnie the Pooh became public domain this year. And this the poster has gotten so much buzz, bro, for like probably a five hundred dollar feature. So what? Yeah, so like using public domain to your advantage. Can Sounds like you and I have like really like a freaking like I don't know something something that Leonardo da Vinci horror film. There you go. I love okay. horror because you can take something that like is so like if something is beloved by everyone and it's <laughs> so sweet, it's like that's the thing that you use. The you like, fuck up everyone's childhood. Mahatma Gandhi horror film <laughs> bro i mean it'd get attention it'd get it you're right you're right it would get a lot of attention bro. i'd get attention for sure yeah oh it's disgusting thinking about it um with that said uh and then the british show bro so many funny little things constantly but we're still trucking away i don't know I'm I'm excited about this value mentality thing right now. Yeah, yeah, that's the main focus. <laughs> it's like, you know, yeah. you have action with one thing one week of and then fizzles, yeah. It's something. just prioritizing the stuff that's most important. Are you still working on that feature script with your dad or thinking about that? <laughs> I haven't thought about it. I'm just bringing up, bro, everything off the shelf. No, I appreciate it. There was one other thing too. Um, you were I mean, obviously oh, Duke of the Valley. Yeah. Are you thinking about a release? I'm kind of we're maybe just like waiting on Amazon. See, okay, yeah. fair, fair. I don't know. I want the world to see it, bro. That's it. I oh, agree, bro. bro. One other thing. Let's go into recommendations because we're winding down on time. Um, there. Have you ever heard of your comedian? You've heard of Nathan Fielder, right? Yeah, Nathan yeah, for, yeah. Nathan for you, bro. He's got this new show out. You're gonna fucking love on HBO, right? Yeah, it's called The Rehearsal. And okay. it's about, he, like, the premise is he starts out by, like, going to this guy's house, and he, like, goes through this whole thing, and he's, like, then he sits down with him, and he's, like, this interaction went pretty well, right? And he's, like, yeah. He's, like, well, that's because I've been rehearsing this exact interaction in an exact replica of your home with an actor playing you. And, like, and then he's, like, that's what we can do for you, because, like, basically, he picks people on who he posted, like, a Craigslist add-on, and they they all, like, answered it. Um, saying do you have like a confession that you want to make to someone but feel like you can't and so then he just rehearses with them in an exact replica of like the bar they're going to go to with their friend to like make this confession it's really funny dude if you like Nathan for you you're gonna love it that sounds so like meta and <laughs> it's the most meta show ever bro I kind of love that though I mean I'm I'm definitely intrigued yeah. Dude, I, I've been watching The Old Man. I might watch that Nathan thing tonight. But uh, I've been watching. So The Old Man, as I've said with Jeff Bridges, it's gotten on so a roller bad. Coaster with that. <laughs> You're so, so bad. It. <laughs> it started off as like a 7 out of 10. And people are like hyping it up. People are loving it now. 
but it gets so cliche and redundant and exhausting. Bro, I saw um, there's this giant poster in WeHo, and when I saw it, I was just like, yeah, like he's got this coolness, but it, there's depth to it. But yeah, bro, I haven't seen any of it yet. I I think it's crazy you're still sticking with it. No, no, I'm out. I'm out. Oh, you you're out. Yeah, my my buddies keep talking about it. You got to find a new show. I know. I think I watched something. I watched City Slickers, the movie, the other day. And Billy Crystal. And, Classic, and, right? On Lovitz. Oh, dude. Keeps on giving. Actually, love it. Getting was a bit slow, but. I wonder how much John Lovitz would be. I feel like you could get him in a film like pretty cheap now. Well, my uncle's like best friends with him. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Nice. And uh, he's such a character, dude. He's literally one of the most iconic actors to me. Yeah. Because also everything about him is so like distinctive and unique. It's very John Lovitz. And like, well, he's not only a character actor, he genuinely makes everything that he's in a thousand times better. Mm-hmm. Everything he's in. He's so quirky and spontaneous and corny, but it's always authentic and stuff. Yet, <laughs> like in real life, he doesn't stop telling jokes. He just he's constantly like working stand up material, and you're just like, oh stuff. my gosh, yeah, ridiculous. But you know, he's the nicest guy. He's got a great heart. Um, but like, he'll be involved with value mentality. Like, he'll be at this bar. Hell bar. yeah, bro, that's the move, dude. Yeah. We're gonna be kicked off in 20 seconds. Any last words? Better off this week. Uh, big things, bro. Big things. Seconds. <laughs> what about you? It's the biggest. Uh, I'm gonna probably shoot a couple shorts, little camcorder stuff. What's the latest on ours? What's the latest on our shorts? Uh, give me a month. <laughs> Have a good okay. week, brother. Okay.